Good morning, everyone. We continue to see just a glorious response from God's people to the mercy and grace of God. You know, after the golden calf incident, God is still continuing to be the God of Israel and still desiring to be in their midst and to dwell among them in the tabernacle structure that they are about to build. And I I just think that this story of how God's people came together to build something that God desired them to build for the glory of God is just, it's just beautiful. And I think there's much to learn. We're going to focus primarily on the first, oh, say, uh, eight verses of chapter 36. Then it's going to really get into the uh, finute portions of the construction. And maybe if if you didn't know, that's not my gift. (laughs) the actual construction. Um, But let's take a look now in Exodus 36. Now Bezalel and Oliab and every skillful, skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill and understanding to know how to perform all the work in the construction of the sanctuary shall perform it in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Now, some of the words that are used there, uh, skillful, can be translated wise at heart or wise of heart. And, and literally, skill in another version can be uh, wisdom. And everyone, including this Bezalel and Oliab, and every skillful person, every person wise of heart with wisdom, that has skill and understanding on how to perform all the work in the construction of the sanctuary shall perform it in accordance with all the Lord has commanded. And this has really got me thinking this morning. You know, our mission at our church is to equip believers to be fruitful. We're trying to help believers mature and then to use their gifts to bear fruit for God's kingdom, to live for God, to to help others to come to know him, help others to come to mature in him, to, you know, be invested into God's kingdom and God's church and apply their lives to serving God's purposes, which ultimately has to do with people. But there are so many things that impact people. I mean, as an example, this tabernacle was going to be a place of worship. It was going to be a place of honor, a place of sacrifice, um, a place where people's relationships with God could be restored. And You know, by the way, that can happen at church, right? Like our churches today. It's a place where people's relationships with God is restored. It's a place where there's teaching. It's a place where there's fellowship. It's a place where people can mature in Christ. And and the tabernacle, similarly, uh, different, but similarly is going to be used for the glory of God. And the people are bringing together their wisdom, their talents, their treasure, to perform what God had commanded. I mean, earlier in this chat, in this book, Exodus, we saw all the instructions for the tabernacle. In a way, we're seeing them, we're seeing the instructions again, but this time it's really the putting of it together. So it's it's not exactly a repeat what we see in chapter 36. Now they're actually following what God had commanded earlier, and they're they're collecting all of the things necessary and they're beginning to assemble it. And this is really, uh, you know, something that's changed in in my thinking. Now, you know, to be a disciple of Jesus means to be a pupil, a student, a follower of him, and and someone then who rolls up their sleeves to make disciples and to want to 
help others to know our Lord and to mature in understanding. And ultimately, for other people that we invest into and invite to our church and help grow in their faith, that they then would be equipped to bear fruit, that they would not only know the Lord, but begin to say, you know what, I want to serve him. I want to please him. I want to live to do something that matters for God's kingdom. Now, that can be a wide variety of ways, though. I mean, I do think we all, all of us that are believers in Jesus, need to be concerned about people and helping people and helping people to be of faith in Jesus and serve him. That's like the ultimate thing is to invest your life into people because of your faith in him, that you care about people knowing him and serving him. That's like the ultimate. However, there's a lot of things that go into that. And, you know, I think of the many men and women at our church that serve and things coming to mind right now is like all the decorating that's done for, you know, Christmas and Resurrection Sunday and different seasons where we decorate our church to make it look nice. And I think of all the men, we've had some roof issues lately. We had a bunch of snow and some ice damming and there were men up there shoveling and there were, you know, meeting contractors for roof repair and, you know, whatever it is that needs to get done. There are people that clean and set up for coffee every Sunday morning and just the immense amount of people that come to the door and greet and pray for people by the cross that we have at our church. And, um, you know, whether it's working on security and door locks and there's just so much going on around the body of Christ at our church. And I'm sure at many of your churches, and there's people serving God in tremendous ways. And, you know, I think we should take pleasure in that. And I think we should really know how God is pleased when we do good works for the glory of God, when we serve his church, when we serve his kingdom. I think of the people now serving in worship and in sound and in tech and just all the areas that God's people serve. And we should be serving the Lord. We should be using our skills, our talents, our gifts, and even maybe not something that we're exactly gifted in, but just rolling up our sleeves and saying, you know what, it needs to be done. God is worthy. And I'm going to serve him. And, and look, in verse 1 of what we just saw, it says, Every skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill understanding, every person, every person shall perform accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. And I want to say to you, you know, God has you here to serve his kingdom. Um, are you serving him? Have you, have you, are you serving God uh, through the body of Christ, through the church? And also, even on your own, um, you know, I don't know if uh, she'll be listening, but I was talking to a, a trainer. I, I go to a fitness club and take some classes, group classes, and there was a, a woman there that I was just trying to be kind to and point to some of our teachings online and stuff like that. And maybe she'll, um, you know, start a journey of, of really coming to know the Bible better and what a beautiful thing that would be if that were to happen. And, uh, you know, she's serving me and doing that class and teaching us. And it's a glorious thing. Very, you know, strong, strong woman, a very gifted person, like so many. And you know what I say to her and to any of you, God, God wants you on his team. God wants you using your talents and your gifts for him. And what a beautiful thing it is when you come to know the living God and you come to know purpose in serving his kingdom. And now you can do things that matter for eternity. You can invest into people 
not just for this life, but you can invest into people that are going to last forever because they have faith in him. And that's really something to ultimately live for. I mean, our bodies are a temple of the Lord. We're supposed to honor the Lord with our bodies and take care of the bodies They've been that we've been given. You know, we're setting up the tabernacle here, and the body is the temple of the Lord today. Um, so we are to honor the Lord with our bodies. But the Bible also says that you know, physical training is, is of some value. It is of value, but godliness has value for this life and the life to come. Uh, how tremendously more valuable it is to uh, to know the Lord. Now, I would say, you know, it's. It's no fun if you don't have health. Uh, it's hard to serve God if you're not healthy. So, um, you know, you can pray and you can you can you find ways wherever you're at in life, no matter what your physical condition is. Serve God with all you've got. But uh, hey, I believe in health, but I also believe that godliness is good for this life and also for the life to come. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> I want to encourage anyone who's listening. God wants you on His team. He's giving you gifts. He wants you to serve Him. Find a way to serve God and take great pleasure in that. I mean, isn't it cool that these men, Bezalel and Oliab, they're mentioned several times. Like their their names are written down in in history, you know, uh, because they use their skills in construction to build the tabernacle. What a beautiful thing that is. They're famous for what they built for God. And, you know, so men, women who have those kinds of skills, using them for the glory of God is a great thing. Verse 2, then Moses called Bezalel and Oliab, there they are again, and every skillful person. See there again, every skillful person in whom the Lord had put skill. Every skillful person. Man, I'm telling you, this will preach. Every skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill. Everyone whose heart stirred him to come to the work to perform it. Oh, may everyone who's got a skill use it for the glory of God. May everyone... Roll up your sleeves and find a way to serve God. Serve him in the children's ministry. Serve him in the nursery. Serve him at greeting. Come to the church and clean. Come do a project and paint something for the Lord. Uh, invite your neighbor to church. Meet someone with coffee. Uh, witness to somebody. Hallelujah. You know, find a way to serve God. What a glorious thing it is. It matters for eternity. They received from Moses, verse 3, all the contributions which the sons of Israel had brought to perform the work and the construction of the sanctuary. And they still continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. I mean, people's hearts were so endeared to God, the fact that he was not going to abandon them after their major sin at the golden calf, but wanted to dwell in their midst. And they're just bringing stuff every day for the construction of this. Their hearts were in it. Man, we want to do this to honor God. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for our church buildings today that we should, we should um, care for them in honor of the Lord. We should have them looking good for honor of the Lord. We should improve them so that when guests come that they see, you know what, these people care about their uh, presentation of God, not only from the pulpit, not only in worship, but that they want their building and grounds to, to look nice in honor of the Lord, and also to better welcome people to the kingdom of God. What a beautiful thing this is. Uh, They received from Moses all the contributions the sons of Israel had brought to perform the work in the construction of the sanctuary, and they still continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. Hallelujah. And all the skillful men who were performing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work which he was performing, and they said to Moses, 
the people are bringing much more than enough for the construction work which the Lord commanded us to perform. So Moses issued a command and a proclamation was circulated throughout the camp saying, let no man or woman any longer perform, uh, no longer perform work for the contributions of the sanctuary. Thus the people were restrained from bringing any more. For the material they had was sufficient and more than enough for all the work to perform it. <laughs> what a glorious thing. The people brought more than enough. Their hearts were overflowing to want to honor God and build this tabernacle for the glory of God. And they actually had to stop bringing. When have you heard that before? Now, to be uh, honest and rightful, at this point, God's temple was a, as a tent structure because um, they were on the move in the desert. They weren't in Jerusalem yet, and eventually they're going to build a temple for, for God. And, you know, that was going to be a significantly even greater undertaking to build a physical large temple in Jerusalem many years from now. But right now they have a, a, a traveling tent fenced in structure where God was going to dwell among, amongst them. So it wasn't as it was a huge project, but not quite as big as building a whole temple. But nonetheless, they brought more than enough. They brought their skills. They brought their talents. And, you know, what a beautiful thing, uh, the body of Christ working together for the glory of God. And I, I think I actually, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and let you read the construction section of chapter 36 on your own. And it just gets into the, all the details of, uh, you know, everyone building what they're going to build. Uh, but I want to take you to a passage that really our, you know, there's so much that our church mission could come from. And I believe really the mission of the church can come from. There's so many passages that lead to that. But Ephesians 4 is where we really get kind of our foundational mission from. And if you want to pick it up with me in Ephesians 4, verse 11, and it says this, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. So here's the leaders of the church, very various leaders. But what are they there for? Verse 12 of Ephesians 4, For the equipping of the saints, that's believers in Christ, equipping of believers for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. See, so leaders are supposed to equip and build up believers who attend church for the work of service to build up the body of Christ. And can you see that's what I'm doing today? I'm seeking to inspire and and challenge and encourage and help people find joy, believers, in serving God, rolling up their sleeves, in serving God with people, serving God in their church, for the glory of God, because that's what he wants. And then it says, why are we doing this? Until we all attain, verse 13, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. We're trying to help people mature in Christ. That's what the church is here for. And as we all serve God and serve people for the glory of God, we are there to help people mature. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I mean, we're, we're trying to help people not just stay babes in Christ. We're trying to help them grow up and eat meat and eat the word of God and become mature in understanding God and his word. That's one of the reasons why we're going through a three-year Bible reading plan and why I'm teaching through the scriptures, the entire Bible every day, so that we can present every 
person mature in Christ. That one day when you stand before the Lord, you're standing before Him, you know, knowing Him and radiant and having served Him because you've matured in Christ. So listen to verse 14. We won't go much longer here. Just uh, three more verses. As a result, we are no longer to be children. See, we're not supposed to just stay children in Christ. We're supposed to grow up and mature, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. And see, when we're not mature, we can get torn away by the world's ways and by what's happening in churches today, watering down the word of God, not sticking to the word of God, and just teaching whatever they want to teach. A man just majoring in their own opinion instead of actually becoming mature in Christ. And it leads people away because they're children and they don't know better and they don't know God's word very well. So they can easily be deceived and led astray. But by becoming mature, then we, we don't. We, we know better. We see what's error and we stick to the truth. But what are we supposed to do? Listen, and this is what I desire to do, but speaking the truth in love. Now, how many times have I said that, church, right? That's what we're supposed to do, and both are incredibly important. We need to speak the truth, and we need to do it in love. Hallelujah. And by doing that, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. By speaking the truth in love, we'll grow up into Christ. From whom, now listen to this, verse 16, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together. Now that body is really what we're talking about now is the body of Christ. Meaning if you're a believer, you're part of Christ's body. You're a part of the church. And all of us have a part to play. Listen, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. Just like your your joints have a purpose. You know, I'm just thinking of my elbow right now and that has a purpose for my arm to move correctly. You have a purpose. God You are a joint. You are a part of the body. You are part of God's church. And by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part. See, when everyone's doing what they're supposed to do to serve God's church, to serve the body of Christ, listen to what it says. It causes the growth of the body, causes the growth of the church for the building up of itself in love. Hallelujah. Man, what what would be glorious to God is when Christians, believers, become mature in Christ and use their skills, talents, treasure, time to invest into God's kingdom, to serve other people, and to serve their church for the glory of God, to build people up in the body of Christ, and to help others become mature. And that's what I see when we look at the building of the tabernacles. Every skillful person was bringing their time, talent, and treasure, and skills to build that tabernacle, and they had more than enough. And may we, as we work together, uh, equipping believers to bear fruit, may we have more than enough and make a huge impact on this world for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God, may that be true of our church and churches around the world. May Christians, Lord, be equipped, and may we apply ourselves to serving your kingdom for your glory, and may we find great joy in doing so. God bless you all.